0: Episode number nine, is self-love selfish? Is it? Can you love yourself so much that you are conceited? Dare I say, narcissistic, selfish, self-indulgent. Is that possible? How do we prevent it? And at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you tangible, actionable steps that you could apply right after the episode. We're getting to it in three, two, one. Welcome to the Heal Your Burnout Podcast, where us hustlers come together to have solution-focused conversations weekly. My name is Amber Connolly, a former burnt-out clinician and academic turned transformative coach. If you are a productive Patty, miss I Can Do It All, or if you are ready to ditch the exhaustion, you have come to the right place. Each week, I'll be providing you with wellness tips and trainings, inspiring you to look within, replace habits that are keeping you stuck, and offering insights to help you maintain your brilliance. If you are craving clarity, self care, support, and mindset hacks, look no further. This is where your energy can be reignited and your hope can be restored. Episode number nine, our last single digit episode. Let's talk about self-love. Justin Bieber has an entire song written about it. I really was tempted to play it at the beginning of this episode, but I don't know the copy, copyright rules, so I'm not going to do it. Self-love is such a buzzword these days. Because more people are talking about the importance of taking care of yourself. More people are talking about the importance of looking within and deciding, what do I need to be well? Not just well from a physical standpoint, but well from a mind, body, spirit standpoint. And in order to take care of yourself, the precursor for that is definitely understanding yourself and also loving yourself and accepting that you're worthy of doing so. The biggest barrier I hear from women about why they don't take care of themselves is I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be not nice. I don't want people in my life to think that I'm not loving. And I've definitely been there. I get it. I sometimes still that thought will creep up on me. Because when I'm stressed out, it's a go-to thought that circles back around. It's an old pattern. And here's the thing. When you're walking around like Oprah, the Oprah meme, and you get attention and you get time and I'll make you dinner and run errands for you and take care of you and fix you and provide for you and you and you. When you're walking around giving your best to everything and everyone, And not making time for yourself, I promise you are paving the way for exhaustion, overwhelm, and burnout. Period. So today is all about how do we overcome the fear of being selfish? Because, spoiler, there's no such thing as loving yourself too much. Self love is not selfish. The limit does not exist as to how much should you love yourself. Is there a threshold that will make you turn the opposite way into a narcissist, into a conceited person, a selfish person? And I think it's really important to define what is selfish. According to Webster's Dictionary, selfish is defined as concerned excessively or exclusively with oneself. Seeking or concentrating on one's own advantage, pleasure, or well-being without regard for others. Self-love. How you feel about oneself. How you feel internally about you. How much love is in your love tank for you. Not for your dog, not for your spouse, not for your co-worker, but for you. And as I mentioned, if you don't love yourself, if you don't know that you're worthy, the likelihood of you taking care of yourself is relatively low. Because taking care of yourself takes action. It takes action, it takes time, it takes energy. And for all of that, it takes boundaries to protect your time and your energy and your action. Now, if you think about a healthy relationship. There's something called reciprocity. There's even give and take. Now, I'm not saying that it's 50-50. You make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch on Monday, so Tuesday I bring you a turkey sandwich and we rotate and it's it's 50-50 down the middle. Every other day we swap lunches. That's just a very basic example, but it's not clean cut like that. I used the sandwich example because I pictured a perfectly cut sandwich. It's not like that. Relationships aren't 50-50 at all times. But what matters is on the whole, there is give and take. There's reciprocity. And building off of that, and I want to be really clear when I say this, it's, it's not always 50-50. On the whole, it is give and take. But when you are giving to them, and I want to be crystal clear, it is done from the stance of integrity. It is done from the stance of, I'm not doing this to control you. I'm not doing this to get anything out of you. I'm not doing this to make sure that no drama happens between you and I. I'm doing it because I genuinely want to. In a healthy relationship, you don't need to control someone else's perception of you. You don't need to manipulate a situation. You just be who you are and the other person accepts it. That is a healthy relationship. And when you do give or when you are the giver and the other person is the receiver, you are energized by that activity. Not because it's a role that you learned, not because it is a role that you were modeled, not because you want the person to like, love, or have a high value placed on you, but because you genuinely want to do it and it energizes you, period. And you're doing it out of genuine love, not seeking anything else. That is a healthy relationship. And When I first started considering examples of healthy relationships, this could happen anywhere. Colleagues, friendships, romantic partners, family members. And then it got me thinking, if every healthy relationship has that reciprocity, what happens with a baby? Because obviously babies are dependent on their mom. But if you think about even that very first relationship that we have with our mom, mama holds the baby, mom feeds the baby, mom changes the baby. Everything is done for the baby by the mom or another parent. And what happens? The baby smiles. The baby coos. The baby shows positive behaviors that make the mom feel loved and it is reciprocal it is give and take the mom is getting something out of the relationship what happens is when we don't evolve past a relationship that maybe at one point was reciprocal but then transitions to being way too much to one side Way too much to the extent that we're neglecting ourselves. And I think that many of us, myself included, neglect ourselves because we're afraid of pushback. We're afraid of being viewed as unkind, as selfish, as all of those things. And the fact is, you could read all of the Pinterest pins in the world that say, Self-care isn't selfish. That say... Self-love, more self-love. You could read all of those. But unless you are doing the work and taking the action to actually grow in self-esteem and accepting your worthiness, unless you're doing those practices, then you could read all the pens you want. You're still going to fear being liked, being viewed a certain way. Those You're not going to change just by reading pinterest things and wishing i wish i had the time and self-love is how you feel about yourself again being selfish is doing things without regard for others self-care are the actions that you choose to take to fill your needs self-care is so much cheaper than bubble baths and pedicures self-care really is being compassionate to yourself and making sure that your needs are met your deeper needs, to feel energized, safe, and to feel loved. And today I want to share with you, now that we know self-love is not selfish, self-care is how we express self-love. We need to know ourselves. We need to love ourselves. We need to accept our worthiness to then finally implement self-care practices. How do we Go from shifting our focus. We focus on others. We're that Oprah meme. You get time. You get attention. I'll be with that project. How do we go from that to looking within ourselves? Step one is increasing our self-esteem, even if it's to cope with stress. Number four, keep your thoughts All right, now we're getting into it. How can we increase our self-esteem? And this information comes from a psychologist named Dr. Maloney who shares ways that are known to decrease your self-esteem. So first, here are ways you could decrease your self-esteem. Well, by not knowing when to say no, by having poorly defined boundaries, by talking to yourself in a negative way, by continuing on a toxic cycle, or toxic circle of events by engaging in risky behavior, keeping your thoughts bottled up inside, comparing, apologizing, and focusing on others. Now, what is the opposite of that? We can grow in self-esteem by defining our boundaries, knowing when we need to protect our time and energy, knowing how we're going to do it, And then number two, having internal boundaries with ourselves so we speak kindly to ourselves. Number three, by recognizing patterns. One of my mentors always says, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. Look at relationship patterns. If a pattern keeps repeating itself, walk away. The pattern is going to keep repeating until forever and ever, amen. You don't need to stay to witness the pattern unfold yet another time. And that holds true for personal, professional, and any other relationship. Risky behavior. Break up with risky behavior. Way easier said than done. But look at your actions and decide, is this making me a better person? Do I feel good when I do this? Do I feel shameful when I do this? How can I stop doing this? Next one, keeping your thoughts inside. How can you release your thoughts? Is it journaling? Is it talking it out? Is it writing a letter and ripping it up? Is it through exercise? Is it through dance? Is it through taking a bath? How can you get your thoughts outside of you and then release them? Again, a a very stereotypical quote, Comparison is the thief of joy. Stop comparing yourself. You're never going to feel good enough if you keep comparing yourself. Stop apologizing. Apologize when you are acting in poor integrity, but never apologize for doing what is best for you, for asking for what you need, or for taking care of yourself. And finally, how do we shift from others' focus to self-focused? It's by taking action. You're never going to fully embrace self-love or completely overflow your self-love tank just by wishing you felt differently about yourself. How you overflow that tank is by taking action even when you're scared. It's from listening to this podcast and, and saying, okay, I now get it. Self-care, self-love, none of that is selfish. Taking care of me should not be an apology. My life should be a statement and I'm going to stop apologizing. But I'm still really scared. And I'm still really worried what others are going to think. What is the best antidote for that? It's action. It's, okay, yes, I'm focusing way too much on others. I need to focus on myself. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to set boundaries even though I'm scared. I'm going to stop drinking three glasses of wine every night after work even though it calms my anxiety and even though I tell myself I need to to survive the work week, but I'm going to stop because I know it's not helping me. It's hurting me. And I know I'm scared to stop, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's by recognizing, you know what? I've never paused to evaluate what I'm thinking about myself. And I know I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to try it today and see how it goes. The best antidote for fear is action. And that idea that self-love is selfish is a fear-based statement. Because there's no such thing as too much self-love. All of us have an inner critic inside of us that is so loud and I would go as far as to say dominates many of our actions that we take or don't take throughout the day. We need in abundance of self-love and self-compassion to forgive ourselves and to silence that inner critic. Take action, take action, take action, take action. Apply these self-esteem boosting lessons. And in time, when you review that Pinterest quote that says self-care is not selfish, instead of saying easier said than done or oh interesting you could actually say you know what because I've been taking action I believe it and that is my lesson for you my friends I'm recording this on a rainy Monday thank you so much for spending your time with me and I will see you in the next episode sending you love and light until then Hey friend, before you leave, please head on over to iTunes podcast and search for Heal Your Burnout. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, give us a five-star review, and help us spread the word about our show. I would love to connect with you on social media. My Instagram handle is at Amber underscore Connelly underscore. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love and light, and I can't wait to keep moving forward with you.